Welcome to another episode of Join Java Biblical Discussions to Fuel Your Faith. I'm Pastor Brian Donahue. I'm here with Pastor Kristen All. And yet again, we're in the book of Galatians, continuing our study in this dynamic and relevant and important book of the Bible. Before we dive in, Kristen, how are you doing today? How's everything going? I'm doing pretty good. I'm still uh, uh, digging out a little bit from the midwinter cold that most of us get at some point, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully my voice will stay strong and we'll get through this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we good. claim it in the name of Jesus. This That's will happen. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> and if right. it doesn't, it- we'll post-edit stuff as we need to. <laughs> right, right. No one else will ever know except for the part that I just said it out loud. But, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll Staying have to remember. warm and cozy. Good, right? good. It, very cold. I don't know about you, but like I'm like, okay, what are my warmest options every day? Yes. Which is kind of fun, you know, so. We love to burn. We've got a, a stove fire <laughs> burner in our house, and we love to burn wood. And if we could, all winter long, we would have a fire going in our house yeah. Uh, what we've noticed, though, recently, because we're running low on our wood that's actually split, our supply oh. at the farm is wonderfully lush and yeah. abundant. It's just getting there, bringing it back right. home, splitting it, stacking it so it's ready to come in the house. We're we're running low, and so we've been rationing it. And just last night, uh, we had a wonderful gathering of our network leadership team at our house, and we said, let's let this fire burn out through the night because it's going to be in the 20s, which is a little warmer than it's been for a few days, uh, but it's going to get really cold again at a certain point. I right. remember what day. And we want to make sure we have enough to get us through that little um, spurt of days. So, But we noticed this, Kristen. We love the fire. We love the smell. I don't necessarily love the work of a fire, though, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Our house is warmer when our furnace is running more. When the fire's going, our furnace runs less. And the room I'm yeah. in, in the basement here in my office, is a lot warmer when it's just the furnace heating the house. Uh-huh. And yes. the even our, the upstairs is a little bit warmer because the furnace is running more. Yep. So we're like, oh, man, this is nice. that We actually feel warmer <laughs> around the whole house. But at the same time, we're like, man, it's a lot more energy. We save so much money with the fire. <laughs> no, you get the ambiance, the smell, the atmosphere. It's wonderful. But the allure of comfort is, is drawing you in. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, so that's my hashtag American problem right now today. Right. Um, right. Here's, other here's than that, Jay's. I'm greatly blessed. Greatly blessed. Jay- yeah, Jay was cracking me up because he's got two. He's got his bedroom and then a space in the loft that's kind of his, yeah. you know, his space. And he has one space heater. And the, our second floor does does definitely um, not get the same kind of you know air conditioning and heat that the first floor does. So um, I've been teasing him because he came down and his hands were like cold and i'm like move your space heater what are you doing and then he goes to bed last night and he's like this is why i didn't move my space heater i'm all ready to go to sleep it's in the wrong room <laughs> <laughs> like you said you know first world problems right oh the now i gotta move it the horror yes. that i have to get out of bed and go get the space heater from the other room yes. i feel his pain I know, right? It's yes. Totally real, Jay. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week we are in Galatians five, and we're gonna actually our intent is to cover this whole chapter today. And we'll see how that goes. We can do it though, Kristen. I believe in we us can do it. Yes. and our ability to gab and talk about stuff in podcast formats. So uh we're going to do that. This is, guys, we're almost to the end. We, we're, we've almost made it after this. It's just one more chapter. And I'm really excited about today's talk, Kristen, because I love the fruit of the Spirit. I love, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so let's get into it. You want to give us a recap? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to give a little bit of a different recap today. Awesome. Uh, cool. Today. Um so as we, as a house church, have finished Galatians and we're kind of reflecting back, one of the things that really struck me was something that my husband said um, was just that how studying Galatians really helped him put the law of the Old Testament into context and into kind of the um, 
the arc of faith. Like, mm. where does it belong? And I think a lot of us struggle with that. Like, okay, we know we're connected to that, but we don't really know how that works. How does that mean? And so, you know, Galatians is all about Paul talking about how the law was good and it was mm. necessary and important for that time frame. And that now um, we are in a new time frame, and it doesn't mean that the law is ever bad, or but that that its role is completely different. And if we try to go backwards, we are regressing to something that is not healthy for us. It's not good. So I thought that was a great reflection here as we get to the last couple of chapters, where Paul is really like kind of putting a highlighter on his. This is where we don't want to go in the first half of five, and then. Right. Where should we go in the second half of five? Then what should we be aiming for? Um, so with that, I think we should dig in and read, yeah. don't you think? That's a great idea and great introduction, by the way. I love it when you talk about Joe, I'm just saying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, Galatians chapter five. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching the circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, powerful passage mm -hmm. uh, here, and and it's it's a little bit refreshing for those of us who've been uh, working our way through Galatians to get out of the weeds a little bit and kind of <laughs> Paul's finally like coming up for air a little. Like, okay, let me give you the bottom line here. You Every know? time I hear or read the word circumcision, now I kind of have a twitch, or you know, uh, I can understand <laughs> that. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, this first half, these first 12 verses, Paul is just really um, underscoring all of the yeah. arguments that he's been making about how this mark of circumcision that God ordained um, to be the sign 
to say that we are part of God's family has passed its time frame because of what Jesus has done. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, he's he's really um, summarizing his strong feelings about, you know, the Galatian people, the new believers getting sucked into this idea that maybe faith in Jesus is not enough and they mm-hmm. need to go back and add circumcision. Yeah, that's good. And one of the verses that uh, really stands out to me in that first 12 is this is verse six Mm. for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. And here's, here's what's really cool in what the only, I mean, that's cool enough, but the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Mm. So Paul's, Paul's really saying, guys, don't overthink this. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's true for us too today, you know, like sometimes we do overthink it where sometimes we need to get back to, this is a matter of faith. This is a matter of love and um, following after God emanates and starts with those things and is completed by those things too, uh, frankly, you know, especially the love piece. So. Yeah, you know, it's making me think, Brian, uh, there was a game that I used to play with my grandmother called Othello. And oh the tagline, what, did you play that? I've, did you play I've that? Once or twice, but I remember it very clearly. Yeah. And the tagline was, a moment to learn, a lifetime to master. That was the, mm-hmm. you know, the really good, <laughs> you know. And um, it, But it was, it was a simple game, but being good at that game was was really complex and i feel like that's what you're saying here too like the simple truth is that through jesus we are completely secure in our position in the family of god like like that that is not any more complicated than that right The, the the call is you know if you decide that you accept that that offer to be part of the family and to join that community you're accepted done what matters now mm-hmm. <laughs> is trying to figure out how do I reform and become formed in the divine nature and in part of that community. And that is the lifetime that is way more complex than, yeah. you know, than, yeah. it's, than it sounds. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it, and it can be, well, not boiled down. That's not, I said it out loud, but that's not really what, how I want to express that. It's, it can be explained maybe in how, we often struggle with our own self-image of mm-hmm. how we are perceived, how we are accepted, whether it's in friend groups, with our coworkers, even in our family constructs. You know, I mean, we can have this, man, am I really good enough? Am I yeah. doing everything necessary to be a good part of this community, whatever that community is? And so we struggle with this sometimes. And yeah. some people really struggle with it. Um, you know, I, I am fortunate enough that on a, on a lot of the good days that I have, i I feel that sense of, yes, I am a son of God. Yes, I am. Right. Um, but I know there are people that struggle with that every day for yeah. various different reasons. And oftentimes, sometimes that can be because we haven't experienced the type of love human to human. Yeah. Or we've been let down or hurt or abused or traumatized uh, right. and disappointed uh, enough that it's hard for us to really see God in that way. And so that's that's where, you know, hopefully there's someone in, in our lives that can come in and show us what true love looks like, that can be a part of God's work of healing that in us, but also that faith piece that, man— Humans are imperfect and make mistakes and have sin. Um, but if I can believe that God's word is true and that this is how God loves me, um, that can be a piece of it too. So it's, it is complicated in that way, Kristen, for us, you know, how do we actually live this out? Even, even in the midst of a life like mine, that is, you know, I've had, I've had a struggle with addiction, broken marriage, um, you know, things in secret, things, things that were more you know, personal for me, not necessarily hurting anyone else except for the marriage thing. And, uh, I've had a pretty good life, but 
you know, but still, even in the midst of that, there's that shame of those secret things of that addiction. Really, I remember how I felt in the midst of that. I I know how occasionally when I think about that, when I go, oh, man, you know, the shame can creep back in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so connected, Brian, to fear, which is, I think, such a a powerful force in our lives as humans that that I think is at the root of most mistakes and most Mm. bad behavior and most is is this fear the even if it's selfishness that's usually a fear that I'm not going to have enough or that if I don't protect me no one's going to take care of me it's to me it's and I feel like that's why Paul is so riled up here because this idea that they still need to live in fear that what Jesus did is not enough. Like, Ooh, mm. do you really trust that? You better do something else just to be covered. Like it. And, and Paul, I think just understands like you don't feed that monster, right? Like you said, there is enough brokenness in the world that it is hard for us to see the divine nature and to accept that and not let fear be what drives our mm. actions, particularly in community. Yeah. You know, when we're interacting with other people who we know are also broken. And so, you know, we really um, need to get a hold of of that truth that we belong, we're accepted, God's at work. You know, we do not need to be living in this, like, uh, self-protective, uh, insecure mode. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, too. Before we move on, maybe into the next part of this, like like we said we would, um, Paul says in verse 10, I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's not that Paul is saying right here, right now, you know. Uh, mm. I, I believe Paul wants them to understand, to have kind of an aha moment here. But Paul has faith himself that that those who really want to walk like this in faith and in love will come to understand that. And I just want to mm. say to people, because I can do this quite often, Kristen, because I love those aha moments in ministry as a pastor. Don't as we? a, worship, oh as a worship leader, too, maybe more than even as a pastor, is just when people just make a decision and bam, you know, it's like their life has yeah. changed. And they the light bulb came on, they're like, I see it now. And it's yeah, and it's right. just like it's just like my kids when they get a concept at school, especially math or reading. My son yeah. recently just we we I came into his room the other day and he's got a book in bed with him without being asked to read. Major breakthrough, major aha moment where he goes, I can sit down and recreate and enjoy a cool story, and be entertained through a book. Which mom and dad love because it's not a TV screen, it's not yeah. a computer screen, you know. Um, right. And so these aha moments we live for. We talked about it in our leadership meeting when it comes to people mm-hmm. receiving Christ in their hearts and uh, in the context of evangelism. But uh, even though Paul is pleading and he's begging and he's in, he's insisting and all of the, whatever adjective we could throw in there, um, <laughs> I believe there's he also understands the the way people humans are. That yeah. it is a journey sometimes. And yeah. uh, again, we talked about in the past, we have to choose. We have to choose this um, and walk in this by faith and in love. I think that's a great sort of transition to the next section because Paul really continues to get into that. And you're, you're right. He sort of tips his hand in five also saying, like, this righteousness will come over time. It, you know, like, you don't you don't need to go do something else, like be circumcised to make this happen. Like, this is something <laughs> we can trust Jesus with. But, um, yeah, I think I – think, um, that's a great transition to really what he's talking about in the rest of five, which is that this freedom, what is it for? All this mm. security in God's, in God's uh, belonging. What are, don't like, I always feel like there's two ditches in theology, right? Like you can go the, too far to the left or too far to the right. And so Paul's like, don't be worried that you don't belong. But then he's yeah. like, but there is a bit ditch on the other side. Like this, this, this security, this freedom, um, is not to be self-serving. It is not to be a spoiled, entitled 
person. Like he, he and he's he's trying to get them in the way of truth that that runs through those two ditches. Yeah. And how do we do that? We can indulge the flesh, as it says here in verse uh, thirteen. And he's. It's, I love. I. I think it's it's clear here in a way, Kristen. I think we can miss it if we're not careful. In verse 13, I'll just read it for the sake of clarity. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Mm -hmm. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. That's kind of what you're talking about, ditch one way or the other. Exactly. But he says this, rather serve one another humbly in love. There's the that's middle. That's really important. <laughs> you know, like that's what we're called to, right? It, yeah. And he he underlines that down in fifteen. Well, in fourteen mm-hmm. too. You know, love your neighbors yourself. But then he also the other side of that. He says, like, if you bite yeah. and devour each other, you're going to be destroyed. Like he's he. And I love um, our discussions where we talk about how this is true of us individually. Mm-hmm. But he's also talking about who we are as a family. Mm-hmm. What is our culture? What is our community? And together we need. To to help each other, um, serve one another, not not be infected by that um, non-divine culture that, you know, that is in all of us, that's driven yeah. by fear and the need to, you know, um, lift ourselves up or be self-protected, mm-hmm. but rather to serve one another the way Christ serves. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's really important for us in America. And I, I know I want some of our listeners to, uh, you know, we say this a lot. Um, it's, you know, we love our country. We love that we have the freedom we have. Um, but there is this individual individualism that is good on one hand, but it can tend to, in our culture, lead to division and it leads to not caring about our fellow citizens of upholding our rights above others, fighting for our rights and where we put our, basically we become an idol. Our freedom becomes yep. an idol and our individualism becomes an idol. And certainly there's a piece of that that is good that when approached and thought of and lived out in a healthy way is, is fine. But that we tend to go into one of the ditches with that. Yep. And we just need to be careful because I love that Paul says, serve one another humbly in love. And we just have this mentality of it's, I got to fight for, you know, everything. That's what Americans do. And what I wish more Christians would ask Kristen is what would, what is God called me to do as a follower of Jesus, as a Christ follower, what should I do? And in every situation of our life, and one of the answers is, it is not just about us. We are called to freedom, but that freedom should release us and push us and encourage us and stir in us a great desire to serve one another humbly in love. Yep. And that's that... um... Um, the fear again, right? We allow that fear to creep in and think, I need to protect myself first. Instead of what Paul is calling us to do is live in the security of knowing the yeah. creator of the universe who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, <laughs> who can can make bread out of stones, who can do anything that I need. He loves me. He I am secure in him, in my future, in his care for me. Therefore. I can I can give and serve out of the security of knowing that I am covered, that that I don't have to be protective, that I don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, and that that is what he's calling to like. What do you do with this security? You have this beautiful security. That's why we don't need the law. Yeah, we can yeah. we can because we can now fully accept this security in our context. We can allow the spirit to to show us how we can live out not just the law, but really beyond the law. Right? Like in a lot of ways, the mm-hmm. law is like living by kindergartner rules, which does not allow you to serve like an adult can serve. Right? Because <laughs> you don't have the same power, or the same freedom. Oh, I love that. You know. 
And now we we live as adults spiritually, mm-hmm. or we're growing into that. Heaven mm-hmm. help us, we are. We're growing <laughs> into that, right? So, um, yeah, you know, he's he's saying like he's painting this really beautiful picture of like here's what it looks like without God. Here's what God's culture looks like. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in verse sixteen, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, what does walking by the Spirit mean? He's going to get into that a little bit here, pretty mm-hmm. powerfully, actually. But again, Kristen, I think it goes back to humbly serve one another. Yeah. When when we are putting the needs of others, when we are asking and seeking God, what are your ways? Teach me your ways, and uh, we're concerned with surrendering every day, picking up our cross daily to follow Christ is what we have to do. And that means we are continually uh, being crucified with Christ and that we are dying to that old way, that we are dying to our flesh. And that means we're learning all the while how to do that throughout the course of our whole life. But that means we we don't always indulge in things that you know, and we're going to get a list here. We do, we do. I mean, it's written already. We have the list. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there are things that we need to let go of, things that we need to say no to. And sometimes that'll be really hard. It's just like, yeah. it, not that I have a lot of experience with working out. It, that's more in prior years of my life. Uh, but, you know, we have to say yes to that. We have to choose to get on the treadmill. We have to choose to eat healthier food. You know, we have to choose portion control. We have to choose not to eat after nine o'clock at night if that's what's healthiest for us. You know, we have to, or at least if we're going to eat, grab a bag of carrots rather than a bag of cookies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we have to die to the flesh in that. And we have to, have to kind of not figure it out, but walk in it through practice. You're not going to get this overnight. When we get saved or you have an aha moment like we talked about before, there's going to be a time period where you're just on fire. You're, you're going to do good for a while, but eventually the energy of that is going to wear off because you're that's really coming out of just a moment experience. What we need is that continual, habitual, Lord, every day when you get up in the morning, Lord, help me live like this. Help me recognize where the flesh is pulling me one direction and help me long for the spirit to guide and direct me. Help me walk in the freedom that I don't have to live that way. I don't have to, right? you know, all that stuff. So I, I love the, I'm not a gardener. Um, I am not a slow moving person. I like, and so, you know, uh, that is just not my, I mean, I'm slow moving physically sometimes, but like, you know, like my brain is, is there, like, I want to make it happen. I want to happen now. Let's make a plan. Let's get to work. Right. Let's check the things off the list. Let's go for it. Right. Like, and that can be a good thing. But, um, one of the things that I'm continually challenged with as a believer, as a pastor, um, is the, the picture of um, gardening Mm. for our faith that is so apt, but in scripture all the time. And, you know, a tree doesn't just wish fruit. As much as like those aha moments can be a moment of pivot and turn, um, that is not how the whole picture is painted, right? You know, to get spiritual fruit, that is a process. And it is a combination of my will and of the mystery of the Holy Spirit, right? Like I can prepare the soil. I can get the weeds out every day. Yeah. can take out plants that aren't helpful. I can water it. But then I have to wait as the Spirit works from the inside out, like you said, to change my desires, to rise up new fruit. And then when that fruit's available, I need to choose to harvest it, right? Like, that's Mm. that moment (laughs) of choice. Like, okay, you know, the Holy Spirit's made this moment where I can choose fear or faith. I can choose greed and self-interest, or I can choose... Um, you know, to be humbly serving. I can choose to say the thing that I really want to say in this moment, mm-hmm. or I can choose to hold my tongue mm-hmm. or give a, a better, you know, like that's that moment of decision. But I can't, 
faith is not about like this the law like just saying i'm just going to keep to the rules it right. is about something that bubbles up from the inside as we as we weed and feed and then the spirit brings life as we cooperate with that spirit work in our life yeah. um and in some ways it's freeing because it means i I can rest that the spirit is working on me, right? Mm-hmm. And that I, it's not all on me. In some ways, I find it incredibly frustrating because when I become aware of a place that I want to see fruit, I want control of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And I just want to make it happen now, you know? It's yeah. like it's like the song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I want it now! You know? Was that... The girl that gets turned into a grape or whatever the, who said that? Is that the blueberry? Blueberry, yeah. Blueberry? I yeah, think yeah. so. Um, that was the girl yeah. who chewed gum all the time. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get the picture. I want it now. And I'm so that yeah. way. I'm so yeah. that way, too, is I get an idea or I want, you know, just something stirs yeah. in me. And I, I get a word from the Lord in my heart, whatever, and I want it now, Lord. Like, please let that happen now. Very often, there's a growth. God's like, here's other things I want from you too. It's it's not that He's withholding something from me so no. I perform, but it's it's this is there. I'm showing you this for a reason. Yeah. But there's things that I need you to adjust in your life. There's greater surrender. There's v- greater even victory and healing that needs to happen sometimes for you to get to there. And yeah, exactly. So. Uh, you know, it's it's the same. Going back to the working out analogy, I do remember, Kristen, <laughs> um, <laughs> when when you establish a good pattern and a good rhythm uh, in a healthy way, it becomes second nature. And this is this is yeah. really the goal. This is what we're hoping people will catch. This is that it's not about behavior; it's about good rhythms in your life. It's about that behavior will come, but you right. have to establish good rhythms and good habits so that you see, you begin to see the long-term benefits of this. You begin to say, hey, I do feel better. Hey, I'm not struggling with that uh, thought that I always have, that I'm insignificant or I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, right. way less than I used to. Wow, look at what God's doing in my heart and my life. You know, You establish these things where... It becomes just a good pattern in your life, and the benefit is long-lasting. When we just try to do it because we want the end result working out, you'll quit working out like I've done many times throughout my adult life. Yep. Where when you don't see the results in that first week, you, you kind of, it's like, oh man, you know, and you go back to eating chips after nine o'clock while you're sitting on your butt watching your favorite show, you know, um, yeah. instead of establishing the rhythm and thinking about the long-term goal um, yeah. of this. So, yeah. And what's occurring to me, Brian, um, is also the power of doing this in community. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, Paul is really talking about what kind of family are we going to be together? We're not called to do this solo and the world is super broken. And sometimes, um, because the world is broken, we're planting the right things and we're not going to see the results that the, that mm. the way God would intend it. And that's where we really need community. Like there, you know, even when you talk about weight and like, there's so much more understanding that like, sometimes people really are legitimately facing headwinds that other people aren't facing. Yeah. And um, when we live in community, we can encourage one another and say, yeah, I don't know what's going on. You seem to be doing the wise things. And I see that it's still hard for you. Like, or I see that, of course, you're going to feel insecure in this moment. Let me help you remind yeah. you, like we were, you and I were just praying for some dear friends of ours before the podcast, that they would be reminded that God is still good, yeah. that he is still going to care for them, mm-hmm. that he is still in control, even in the midst of some things that, that right now, of course they feel really broken, right? And so this community is so important. That's why Paul is like, listen, don't be, don't, you know, you're doing, there are these actions that are going to pull you apart, that are going to break your bonds 
And then there are these these ways that like even as and I'm thinking about corn now, like mm. you can't grow. I've heard, I'm not a farmer, right. I've sure. heard that you can't really grow a single stalk of corn and yield fruit. Mm. You need a certain amount of corn because you need cross-pollination between different stalks for there to actually grow fruit. Mm. I think that we need to think about that also as community. Like we, we can't, we can't expect when we were never intended to on our own. Yeah you know, do this. We are created for community first with God and then with others through God. And we need each other yep. to, to help, to help correct and to point to hope when the brokenness is in our face and, you know, to hold the faith yep. with us and all of those things. Yeah. Do you know what happens when we live in a Lone Ranger mentality? We feel alone in those moments where we do make mistakes and we get it wrong yeah. and yeah. we don't know who we can turn to, who we can trust because we haven't built that relationship up in our life. Yeah. Pride is a major problem for the Lone Ranger mentality. I'm talking specifically to our Christian life and our Christian walk with the Lord, relationship with God. And what also tends to happen is it opens the door more wide for the devil to come in and deceive us, to trick us, to it, what, what happens is people that have the lone, lone ranger mentality in their faith, I don't need to go to church, I can read my Bible, um, nothing wrong with watching it online, please do that, we encourage you to watch stuff online as a part of your spiritual rhythm, but uh, what happens is people that live in that way tend to fall harder because they have no net. They have no community that can say, Hey, 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 hey Brian, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, we're here, but we see something we're here. Help. Let us yeah. walk with you through this. Let us, I see this and, and I know that's not you. I know that's not what you want right. to be. And right. There's right. something that happens. There's a net there. There's a family to fall back on. There's wisdom abounding in, in community situations where you don't have to feel alone. You don't have to do it on your own. And I think of, I go back to Adam and Eve in the garden with this. Mm-hmm. They, the Bible says they walked with God and talked with God. Mm-hmm. And the devil found an instance where, for whatever reason, they were alone enough. They should have never probably been anywhere near this tree that they weren't supposed to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they went there, and the devil said, here's my shot. And then when God came looking for them, he wanted to walk with them. He was that's what they did. He came looking for them. And instead of them going, Oh God, we have done this, yeah. they hid. Shame. Because yeah, because of shame, because they felt alone. They were yeah. not alone. No. They <laughs> were not alone, but they felt alone. And yeah. that's what happens when you try to walk your faith out without some sort of community um, with you of people that are not just going to affirm you. I mean, that's, they should. <laughs> Hopefully right. you find an affirming community in the right way yeah. that, that will yeah. love you through every circumstance. That you belong, right, exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But hopefully you'll find a community that uh, will also challenge you in the right ways, that will encourage you to grow. And when they see you stagnant, They'll say something, you know, hey, you've been here long enough. Come run yeah. with us again. You know, let's let's get going here, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. And, and this is the best way to live this out is in community. Yeah. If you're trying to do this on your own, you're gonna have some connection with God. Sure, maybe you're really great at personal alone time with the Lord and you feel his presence and all that. That's fantastic, but that's, I'm telling you, you were not designed to stay there. 
you were designed to run with other people. Mm. And that's, I, I'm, I'm now I'm just repeating myself, but no, I think it's really good, Brian. And, um, one thought that's come into my mind, a place where I see us as, you know, my, the churches I've experienced, my context, mm. where we really need to grow um, is, re- is making sure that everyone feels the security of belonging that mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. And often I think that we tend to... Um, there are certain groups that feel more welcome if you're married, mm-hmm. if you have kids, right? Oh my gosh! If you yep. you know like and and it's not intentional, and yet we it's we are damaging the body by not more humbly serving each other and seeing that you know um, someone who comes single probably needs has some specific needs that we need to make sure that we're acknowledging and meeting because we are a family and we should look out for each other. And I think that's an area of real blindness um, in the church. And then we wonder, you know, why people are off on their own making some of the choices they are or um, why they don't feel like they Mm -hmm. belong or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think we really need to own that. Yeah. And I think that's a fantastic point because we have to be intentional about that. And as a pastor, yes. I admit sometimes I'm not intentional about that. Yeah. We, yeah, we expect hard. it just to happen naturally. So yeah. just because you go to a church, hey, listen, does not mean you're a part of that community. Yeah. Does not mean that everybody that attends every Sunday morning feels like they're a part of the actual community of believers. They might feel like they're a part of the church as a whole in some larger sense. They might feel like they're checking a box or like they're filling an obligation or even doing, they want to be there. They enjoy it. You know, it's all that stuff, but community does not just happen because we gather or we call ourselves a church community happens, Kristen. And we know this, we've experienced this when we sit down across the table from each other, when we actually share from our lives with each other, when we give give other people the opportunity and the privilege to walk with us as we're carrying a heavy load, and we let those people help carry that load with us, and you know we're open yeah. and honest with each other about what's going on in our lives, what are our struggles, yeah. what are our you know, and then in the middle of that, again, I just want to make sure people understand: it's not that the whole church knows every detail of every sin in yeah. your life or heartache in your life. When you have an open community of people that are praying over you, generally speaking, and you've got specific things that we're all praying for, it opens the door for someone else in that community to say, hey, I know kind of specifically what you're going through, and I I would like to walk with you personally through this. Um, I want to be your first phone call, you know? Um, I'm telling you I'm making myself available to you to walk with you through this personally. So the larger community is great, but the beautiful thing that begins to form as we have this great sense that people belong, that they all have a place, that they didn't have to earn their way in or earn uh, 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 their way to stay in the group. You know, it's, it's, they're in because... They're seeking after God. They want community. And we as believers are living in this open circle mentality of, of there's space for everybody. And we're to love one another and serve one another humbly. And so that just creates space for this. And, yeah. and in that, getting kind of wrapping this up in a way, I guess, Kristen, with uh, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, I like talking about this part of this with cutting off this verse after love in verse 22, Mm. but the fruit of the spirit is love. I believe with all my heart that everything else Paul lists after love is a result of love is because of love. Us understanding that God loved us first and gave himself up for us. And because when we believe that and receive that and hold on to that and live like that, then 
it opens the door for greater joy, for greater peace, for greater patience, kindness, goodness towards God, towards others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps us walk in this thing. If we don't have love, I don't think we have joy, Kristen, that's lasting. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have real peace. I don't think we can be patient and kind with each other. And, uh, you know, it helps us walk in greater faithfulness. And and here's the two at the end that are kind of the kickers. And if if I had to break this down, probably the two pieces that are the hardest for me, gentleness and self-control. Mm-hmm. I'm not always gentle. That, that goes every direction of my life. I'm not always gentle with my wife, with my kids, you know, um, it, in self-control. But knowing that God is gentle with me, he definitely yeah. knows when to hit the yeah. nail on the head with the hammer when he needs to. And when he does that and I'm open to it and I receive it, it's the best things happen in my life, <laughs> frankly. Um, but I know he's doing that from love, you know? Yeah. It's not always easy to receive what I need to receive to grow. Yeah. Um, but I know we've talked about this in the past too. Like, like we are called to be known by, we are called to be a gentle people. Gentleness should be something Paul says that we are known for. We can't do that if we don't love others. We can't be gentle. And especially, I want to say this, we talked, again, we talked about it in our meeting last night, but to it in, a, in for a few minutes, but in this election cycle, yeah. I'm praying that Christians all over this country are known by their gentleness this election cycle, by their peace, that we are peacemakers Vote however you feel called to vote and however you're conscious. And really, by that, I mean how the Holy Spirit directs you to vote. Uh, And walk in that with boldness and courage, I guess. But we we need to be careful. I'm going to be careful myself to be gentle with how I talk about politics, the candidates, the war in Israel. Come on. Um you know, we need to be gentle. We need to be peacekeepers and peacemakers. And we can't do that if we don't have the appropriate amount of godly love and gentleness for others. Yeah, I think that's really good. I I like to think about this list as a a way, a, a big subset of God's divine nature. This is what God is like, and this is what we seek as his children to be like. Um, And, you know, especially when you start talking about politics and scripture, we should go to God for answers. We should be seeking the wisdom of scripture. What we find is there is a lot about how we go about stuff and not a whole lot about specifically what uh, we need to do in this moment in 2024. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to be mindful of are we uh, seeking to be believers in the divine nature and how we express our understanding, our opinions. Self-control is what goes through my mind, Brian. Like it has become so accepted in our culture that you can say anything in the nastiest way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that, therefore, I can say this, and that is totally acceptable in our culture. That is not the divine nature. It does not mean you don't speak truth, but you speak it with gentleness, with yeah. patience, with self-control, right? Like, you you speak it with ref- respect for the other person, for their the fact that they are created in the divine image. You speak it in, hu- you speak it in humility that maybe they see something that you need to incorporate that you haven't seen before, like – how we go about this is <laughs> is so clearly what the focus is. <laughs> yeah. And we tend to shift it to the focus being, well, here's a verse that says I should vote this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and usually that's a stretch while we ignore yep. the divine nature of how we're supposed to be going about it. 
Yeah, and and I want to make sure too in that that we I don't want to gloss over this list of the acts of the flesh. I'm not going to name through them, but you can read that. That's that's Galatians five nineteen through twenty one. Um, there's a lot. This covers a lot. It's not all encompassing, but we just need. This is why we need to walk humbly, folks. Because I guarantee you, if you're really honest with yourself, and if the body of Christ is honest, and maybe our communities are honest with with ourselves, uh, this stuff exists in our midst. Yeah. In different ways. Yep. And don't just say, "Oh, yeah, um, you know, envy." Okay, yeah, that's mine. You know, uh, we we have all kinds of idolatry in our life that we they may not be just grazing image statues, you know. We have idolatry all over the place in the United States. We have it in our politics. We have it in our sports, in our entertainment. Um, Our lifestyle, our comfort, what we think we deserve as far as food and convenience and Mm -hmm. uh, ability to decide what I'm going to do with my life and my time. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So just just to walk in humility and... As I believe that as we walk in this fruit, as, as, you know, starting with love for God and just walking faithfully in that and asking God to do these things in our lives, I believe these, this list above the list of from the fruit of the Spirit, I believe those things will fade away. Yeah. You know, I believe they will. As we ask God for more of his love, as we pray for that and ask God, because maybe you're, you're listening to this right now and you're saying, I just don't know how somebody can vote for that guy. Or for that guy. I just don't know how they can live with them. I can't I don't know how they can call themselves a Christian and how can we have yeah. any unity whatsoever as brothers or sisters in Christ if they're gonna vote that way. Don't they know? And that goes yeah. either side of the aisle you're on. Um yep. we gotta ask God to show us how to love better and to walk in this gentleness and to realize that, hey, there's probably stuff in my eyeball that is like a plank that I'm not seeing, and I'm worrying about this speck over here, what I think is the plank. Um, And we just got to walk humbly in this. And as we walk humbly in the love of God, folks, I, I just believe God will begin to help us take care of the rest of that stuff. We'll start to see our attitudes change towards people in general. Because if... If we're Christians that are just waiting for everything to burn, which, by the way, isn't really all that biblical, because um, it's a new heaven and a new earth, <laughs> okay? Right. Um, Future is here. Right. It's starting now. Like, it has been restoring right. and getting back to that already, okay? Right. It's right. all not going to burn. <laughs> it's it's going to be restored fully. Yeah. And if we're waiting, just waiting for God to take us up so we can escape everything, where is the love in that? Where is humbly serving one another? Where is walking in gentleness and goodness and kindness and patience towards other people? Because I'm pretty sure there's also verses that talk about loving our enemies. Yeah, David talked about preparing a table before him in the presence of his enemies. Like that's how much he wanted God to be a part of intervening in his life and ruling in his life. This is what we are called to freedom, not to walk according to the flesh, not to be mean Republican or democratic Christians not to say whatever we think we ought to be able to say, not to post whatever we think we ought to post, um, but to love each other and love those that are hardest to love in, from our point of view. Mm-hmm. And to have the heart of God for people. And that's, that's what we need to pray for, especially in this election cycle for us that we here in America have to go through. Uh, and we're blessed to go through this process too, by the way. We're so glad Amen. we we have a lot of freedom most of the world has never tasted. Mm. Yeah. But as believers, let's keep this fruit of the spirit as we as we call this in our hearts and in our minds over the next months.
and over the next year, really, that we would walk different, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and move in us in such a way that it would just become a part of our rhythm and a part of who we are and that people around us would see that regardless of where we're at right now. Maybe we're partway there. Maybe we're really feeling this and we're like, yes, I, this needs to be said. Or maybe you're on the opposite end. It's going, oh man, this kind of stings a little and I know what he's talking about, but I don't want to admit it type thing. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The last verse of chapter five. Hey folks, you are where you are. Kristen and I, we're where we are. We still got a lot of growth, to a Amen. lot of growing, a lot of room there for that. It starts somewhere. And the best place to start, here's a revelation for you, Kristen, is right where you are. Yeah. Because that's right where God knows you're at. And today is a great day to just cry out to him and just call it and say, Lord, I, I know what I'm lacking in my life. I'm reading these two different lists here by Paul. And I'm going, yep, that, yep, that, nope, I don't have that. Or, yeah, that's great. Thank you, Lord, that I have that. But, ooh, I need to work on the self-control part. I need more gentleness in my life. I don't know if I'm known as a person who's gentle or not. Just cry out to the Lord right now, and he'll meet you right where you're at. And he'll remind you that he loves you right where you're at. But he has a marvelous plan. He has a marvelous path for you. And he will teach you how to walk according to the Spirit. And he will help you along the way. And by the way, look for a community of people that will also help you walk according to the Spirit. You won't feel alone. And you'll be more empowered to live according to this amazing book we call the Bible. Kristen, anything else you want to add to that before we sign off today? I think that is a great place to land. You know, Paul was concerned um, that they misunderstand how we are marked as believers. And what you've described is what Paul would also agree with, that that as believers, we are marked and identified by the way we interact with each other, the caring that we're full of integrity and we're community-minded and not self-centered. And I think that, that um, and, you know, pointing the way to start where you're at. Holy Spirit is with us and he, you know, he's working, he's ready to work with us. And I'm so grateful for that. Yes. Um, I think it's a great place to land. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, to this installment of Join Java Biblical Discussions to Fuel Your Faith. We hope you are encouraged. We hope you're challenged. We hope your spirit is uplifted. And uh, man, I just, I feel like I hope, Kristen, that people feel like they've got a couple coaches cheering them on, a couple cheerleaders uh, cheering them on today. Um, and that they sense the love that we have for the body of Christ in mm, yeah. for everyone in our lives uh, yeah. that would be able to experience this type of uh, love for God. And we would like to invite you into our community at Pursuit Friends. We have two wonderful uh, kind of sub-communities within the larger community that is Pursuit. Deborah House Church meets Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., and uh, they eat dinner together and study God's Word and worship together and do they pray over each other every week. And uh, it's an amazing thing that God is doing there. They've got just an amazing spirit in that gathering. And I guarantee you, if you walk in the door at Deborah Court at Kristen's house in that church, you will feel like family as soon as you walk in the door. And uh, uh, same thing, I hope, at Whitmer House Church uh, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We eat lunch um, after we've gone through our kind of organized worship and Bible study time and prayer time. And uh, I'm, I just know that you'll find uh, peace and rest here. We'd love to have you join us uh, on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening. Check out our Facebook uh, page, Joy in Java. You can find us there and be a part of that and get updates on the podcast and the church, too. Occasionally, we post stuff from the church there. Check out our Pursuit Friends Church Facebook page. Just type in Pursuit Friends Church, and it'll pop up. And that's the really the best place to get 
week-to-week updates on what our gatherings are, what we're doing, what's up, to get news about the church. Uh, So follow us there if you'd like to give to Pursuit Friends Church, and we hope you do. We hope the Lord leads you that way, (laughs) is uh, um, go to PursuitFriends.org slash give, and you can give to the work that God is doing here at Pursuit Friends. And by the way, because we talked about it last night as all of our leaders gathered together, we partner with some pretty amazing ministries. Um, We partner with a church planning group and friends of ours in the nation of Albania doing amazing uh, work in the kingdom and spreading uh, church throughout that nation and that whole region. We give to Rahab uh, Ministry, which ministers to women and teens uh, that are caught in sex trafficking. And an amazing organization, look them up, Rahab Ministries, uh, and you might want to partner with them, actually, and give to the work they're doing. It's tremendous. We give to a prison ministry. Uh, We give to a college ministry. But we love you guys. We hope to catch you again on the next episode of Joy and Java.